Welcome back to Tay Learning. I'm Olivia. My name is Danny, and we are your co-hosts, and we have something very special lined up for you today. Olivia, what do we have lined up? We all know Taylor announced her tour recently, at least the U.S. dates, and we figured it would be the perfect time before pre-sale tickets go on sale to do a whole episode with tips and tricks on how to prepare for tour, and we brought Autumn from TS Tour Tips on to help answer all these questions. Hey, guys. Hey, we're so happy that you're here. I know know. we keep saying it, but I don't (laughs) think there's anybody that I've seen with a stronger internet presence with just exceptional knowledge about Taylor Swift tours. Thank you so much. So we're going to do a little bit of a get to know you about Autumn. If you've been listening to Tay Learning for a while, you know something about Olivia and I, but this episode isn't Mm -hmm. about us. This episode is about Autumn and it's about Taylor Swift's tour. So we're going to get to know you. And the best way to get to know a Taylor Swift fan, I think, is to ask three questions. Your favorite album, favorite era, and favorite song or songs. The important questions, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of mine are from the same album. Okay. I am a diehard Red Stan. That album changed my life when it came out. I was instantly obsessed with it. <laughs> I got this, it was the first CD I ever got, and I, I played it so much that my mom actually wouldn't let me play it anymore. <laughs> She's like, no, it's too much. It's too much. So I definitely say that's my favorite album. I think era though, I just, I feel nostalgic when it comes to 1989. Like, I feel like the rollout was so good. She was so active with us online and, you know, had mm-hmm. uh, the Tay lurking happening and then the Swiftmas. So it felt really like an engaging time to be a part of the fandom. And also Taylor was breaking all these records. So it kind of feels that way again for Midnight's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other album, fantastic. All these new people are coming in. It's breaking all these records so I'd say that would be my favorite era and then my favorite song ever (laughs) is State of Grace. I love that! (laughs) I am such a State of Grace stan too and nobody gets it! It's the best! And oh my god, when it goes into like the end of the chorus and it's like state of grace worthwhile fight. Like, are you <laughs> kidding? Or she has like that belt in the middle. I just I finding another state of grace stand is so special because I'll play this song for people and they're like, it's really pretty. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Or then there's See, some people I... who really like the acoustic version, and I'm like, no. But the other one, like the first one, I feel like would be good to work out. Like it makes me feel like I'm about to go into battle or something. <laughs> like boom boom boom. <laughs> So yeah, funny because I was just about to say, like, I didn't love Seder Grace until the acoustic. I'm one of those girlies. I'm so sorry. Yeah, there's two moods. Like, you have the original if you want to bop, and then the other one if you want to cry. So, versatility. Yeah, exactly. Versatility. <laughs> we need both. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you need those two types of Swifties to make it work. So, you're just in the minority, Olivia. Deal with it. You know, I'm a lover stand, so I'm already in the minority anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's used to having to die in the trenches. I always die face. in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> a really big question that I'm sure people listening have, and that includes me, is how you kind of got into giving out tour tips. I know you've been a fan for a long time, but this is a big commitment and you're pretty good at it. Yeah, it really started, like I originated on Instagram and I made my account like late 2014, just kind of getting prepared for the 1989 tour. But 
I just noticed that there was kind of this gap. Like, everyone knows that Taylor offers these meet and greets and things out of her shows, but there's not a lot of resources on that and, like, how you can be one of those people. So I kind of wanted to fill that gap uh, and start helping people. And so uh, that's when I made my Instagram. So ran that for three years through 1989 and Reputation. And then Loverfest kind of fizzled out. I'm Especially just, now, I feel like her fan base has grown a ton. And so there's definitely room and necessity for someone that's willing to tell new Swifties how to be a Swiftie. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Even the demand, like this era has been so crazy for me. Uh, it's like Taylor says, it hits different. Um, <laughs> I'd been running... My old account was called Loft89Tips or Loved in Shades for a long time. Um, I think the most I ever got to on that was 20K, and Mm -hmm. I'm past that now. And then TikTok has been ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at 70,000 now. (laughs) Like, this is insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got quite the support. And Olivia had told me last night, she texted me immediately when she saw account had been taken down because of (laughs) gatekeeping Swifties. I wanted to know your thoughts as somebody who shares the love and wants everybody to be passionate about something you're passionate about. And Olivia and I feel the same way. So what are your thoughts on when Swifties gatekeep and your general thoughts, why they should or why they shouldn't? I I think people have this idea that any new fan of Taylor used to hate her in 2016 or 2013, you know, when things were getting really bad with the the boyfriend rumors and uh, that becoming like a huge tabloid craze. Um, And then her getting canceled in 2016. So I think a lot of people just assume that all those people were part of that demographic that was contributing to the, you know, hashtag Taylor Swift is over party. And that's why they kind of resent them, but I, I also feel like it's unfair to assume that every new fan of Taylor is like that because in my mind there's just a lot of younger fans maybe who weren't able to be on social media or they've never gotten the opportunity to see Taylor live before this is their first chance to do that yeah. or maybe they used to like her when they were younger fell out of their music for a little bit and now they're back like you never know what the context is behind all these people if, they, if other people want to gatekeep, that's fine, because I'm not going to gatekeep. <laughs> uh, I have always been of the mindset that I want my information to be as accessible to everyone as possible. So even this tour, I'm trying to work on and add new things in that I didn't have for the previous eras. Like, I want to add in international tour tips. I want to add in um, tips for accessibility, if there's any disabled or chronically ill Swifties that want to go to the show, making sure that they feel a part of it and that everything is as helpful for everyone. I love that so much. A big part of why Danny and I started this podcast, for one, we are long distance friends and it gives us a reason to get on a phone call once a week and talk about Taylor Swift. (laughs) And for two, we kind of created it to teach, hence the, the name Taylorning, teach our friends who didn't understand why we were psychos about Taylor Swift (laughs) and to potentially teach people who just want to know a little bit of pop culture and then they kind of fall in love with Taylor through just learning more about her. So even for the 
the new Swifties that hated Taylor Swift in 2016. Growth is great and important, you know? Exactly. So like, it's wonderful if you can be like, yeah, I was a misogynist in 2016 and that was shitty. So. <laughs> locals. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, people consider someone to be local if they only know Taylor's most popular songs. And so for a lot of people, they don't consider them to be real fans which so <laughs> I don't know I feel like if you like Taylor you like her music that's enough like yeah if you like Shake It Off and that's your favorite then that's valid <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> we want to bring people into this community I can't imagine wanting to keep people out of something that brings so many awesome people yeah. together and if your favorite song is Shake It Off but you haven't heard New Romantics another really hype pop song from 1989 then the narrative should be Shake It Off's your favorite for now maybe it won't be maybe it will be and that's okay it's about sharing it and expanding the community yeah. i think because taylor can't keep breaking all these records or doing all these tours having eight more shows added by demand if the community doesn't grow i think this era has been so beautiful because it's brought in so many new fans i always think that's such a an amazing thing you know there's more yeah. people that are able to share our love and passion for taylor so why wouldn't you want to help them? Taylor herself is commenting on new Swifties TikToks and stuff, being like, welcome, the more friends, the merrier. And the hate at those girls for getting a comment from Taylor Swift is just absurd. I didn't know that people were getting hated on for Yeah, it. there was a specific girl who like made a TikTok that was basically like, you know, I was never really a Taylor Swift fan before. I was trying to actively not be a Taylor Swift fan because I thought she was overhyped. And then midnights came out and it completely changed my perspective and now I'm obsessed and Taylor commented oh it's all good like the more the merrier welcome heart 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 and Swifties on TikTok were mad yeah they went went after her (laughs) like how dare I've been trying to meet Taylor forever get Taylor's attention forever and she just started in the fandom after not fighting for her in the trenches in 2016 and Mm. I felt so bad for that girl so entitled sometimes when it comes to being a fan of Taylor like I don't think someone who became a fan last week is any less valued than someone who's been in the fandom since the very beginning 100% speaking of being in the fandom since the very beginning I am under the understanding that you've had this really long relationship with Taylor in your own personal life and we want to hear all about it before we jump into some Q&A like What's your history as a Swifty? What's the first song you ever heard? And ultimately, we all kind of want to know what it was like to meet her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been a fan of Taylor since 2006. Um, the first song I ever heard from Taylor was our song. So it always holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> and I really, really, really hope that she plays it on the Arrows tour. I think it'd be Same. so fun. <laughs> but she has to bring back the country accent. Yes. Yeah, she has to fake it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only rule. <laughs> I'd been a fan since then, but I wasn't really like active within the fandom until I want to say like 2012. Um, okay. I don't know if you guys remember Taylor Connect, a forum that used to be a part of Taylor's website, and they had all these different sections. And I was super active in there. They ended up shutting it down so they could replace it with a uh, Swift Life. We know how that went, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was super cool. So super active on there, and then I joined uh, Instagram, and here we are. In terms of meeting Taylor, that was actually insane. (laughs) Uh, Taylor has noticed me a couple of times on Instagram, but I feel like it was so little to the point where she wouldn't actually know me if she saw me somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I had posted 
my Reputation tour costume, and it was like the Reputation version of the Out of the Woods bodysuit from the 1989 tour, so Ooh. it was like all black. I definitely have stalked you and saw it, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Silver sparkles, I put like red snakes that were wrapping around my body, and I posted about it, I think in the week leading up to my show. No expectation, um, but it had blown up, and then three days before I was supposed to go to Toronto, I got a DM from Taylor Nation, and I started freaking out. Um, Naturally. <laughs> so I had I had a lot of notice. I knew I was going to meet Taylor well before I even got there. I chose not to wear the bodysuit just because I didn't want to cover Taylor in glitter. Um, <laughs> and also, the glue I had used kind of made the bodysuit kind of like stiff. So I just uh-huh. felt like that would be awkward to kind of like hug her in. So <laughs> you've been putting all this energy into it. Why aren't you wearing it? <laughs> Valid question. But I understand. Look at you being so thoughtful. Not wanting to get glitter and glue on Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Walked in. I was wearing heels. I know this is like a no-go for most people who go to tour. I actually found like I didn't have any pain or anything after my show. Yeah. I don't know if maybe it was just like the adrenaline or what, but right. <laughs> it was like at least four inches, if not taller. Um, so I walked in, Taylor's like, oh my God, you're so tall. And I was like, well, I'm cheating. Well, I'm cheating too, but like that's a lot of commitment to wear that for four hours. Um, and I asked her how she found me and she said she found me on Tumblr and I was telling her about how I help people to meet her. And she's like, oh my God, yeah, you're Tori. I used to go by my first name, Victoria. I was like, wait, who, what? What do you mean? <laughs> do you know me? Um, and then she had thanked me for helping people to meet her. She said that, you know, you know, thank you for being so kind and generous and doing that for people. Um, that's so kind of you. I had told her a bit about my story and I asked her if she could write out my favorite lyric from State of Grace. Um, this is the worthwhile fight so that I could get it tattooed. And she did. Rep to her, she wasn't doing personalized autographs, so I really didn't think she would do it, but she made an exception. Oh! (laughs) And so that was really sweet. We took the picture. I asked her if she could play State of Grace as the B-Stage surprise song, but she said that because she'd played it so recently that she figured she would do something else. And I was like, oh, well, like, come back be here you should do something from red and then night two she did come back be here i love that and then i got barricade that night by the b stage so when she was going between the two stages she came and grabbed my hand and then after all that i was like dead when i got (laughs) home i posted the picture of taylor and i in the meet and greet and she liked the picture (laughs) oh my god did you get the tattoo ultimately yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. I love that. Literally a dream. That is so cute. And honestly, like, I mean, I can't thank you as strongly as I'm sure Taylor Swift herself could, but thank you, like, again, so much for everything that you share. And I think it's magical that even Taylor herself recognized that in you. Like, this person yeah. is so kind hearted in wanting to share all of this information that you have. And also, you have that special relationship with her. And that's something that, like, no one can take away. Yeah. Anytime some people are going to be like, oh, what you're doing is dumb. Like, no, Taylor doesn't think it's dumb. So, yeah. Like, maybe that's actually why you haven't been chosen yet. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> or like literally no one's opinion of you matters because the opinion that does matter the most, the one person whose opinion matters, like validated it and reassured it and thanked you for it. And I think that that's just magical and you deserve it. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we know some about you now and I, I want to know like everything about you, but I also, <laughs> in like the least weird way possible, <laughs> but I also don't want this to be a three hour long episode. So we're probably going to jump into some Q and a, and I'm certain, like, I'm certain that you have just gotten endless DMS yeah, from people <laughs> asking questions. And I'm sure that a lot of them are the same. So hopefully this can quell some of those, get some stuff out of the way and please interrupt us as we ask these questions. If you have more to add, or if you have your own questions that we're not thinking of that you get a lot with that, Olivia, do you want to kick us off in the Q and a section of this? This chitty chat? Probably the most vague question that we have. What is the biggest piece of advice for tour? Like overall, like your number one piece of advice you could give to anybody. When I was thinking about this, three things came to mind. I think I'll go in a little depth about each of those. But overall, my recommendation is that you go in with an open mind. You don't have any expectations. um, And you have a positive attitude. I think that... In terms of having an open mind, we've been influenced a lot by what we're seeing online. There's all these different posts on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Um, and it, it started off with people just being afraid of the idea of tour. <laughs> and then it turned into like, oh, you should do this, this, and this to be required or to like enter the show at all. And then people started to make up rumors and lies about Taylor to convince fans to unstand her so that getting tickets yeah I've been saying that so I feel like a lot of us have like there's always anxiety around tour but I think that it's definitely been made worse by what we've been seeing online Um, and I just want people to remember that even though that's what people think is going to happen that's not necessarily indicative of what will actually happen with tour I think we're just you know, we don't have information, so we're just kind of making up answers. And right. So yeah, go in with an open mind. The other thing, no expectations. This is mainly important if you are really interested in meeting Taylor or getting upgrades. If you go in with the perspective that you're going to meet her and it's going to happen, if it doesn't, you're going to leave really, really disappointed. So just go in the only expectation you should have is that you're going to have a fun time. Remember that. And then just a positive attitude. I know that a big issue with concerts lately has been concert etiquette. People haven't been able to go to shows since COVID and that's kind of changed how people act. Just being mindful, you know, respectful, kind, try to make friends with those around you. And I don't know, did you guys, because I know you've made costumes before, when you went to your shows, did you ever see anyone give you like dirty looks or glares because you had a costume on? So <laughs> Olivia and I haven't been. Yeah, we haven't been to a Taylor We haven't concert. been to a Taylor concert, but I have but I've been. I've never experienced that in any other concerts unless you have, Danny. I mean, I haven't been dressed in like a specific costume because none of the shows that I've been to in my life have been ones where that's kind of encouraged. But I mean, getting up, downed and stuff is not abnormal. And I... Yeah. 
oh, when I went to a One Direction concert in 2014, like <laughs> I, I wasn't dressed up enough. I got looks for that. So yeah, anyway. or even if you're just like having fun dancing and singing, people will give you flares. I had big problems with that. I had made costumes for Red 1989 and Reputation. People were glaring at me and I was like, you know what? I look better than you do right now. It's okay. (laughs) And also just letting people live and enjoy, enjoying themselves, whatever that means. Like as long as they're not like naked, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that leads us into like the next question. Our last, I think, super vague question that we have, but since that's your biggest advice for tour, what would be your biggest piece of advice regarding Ticketmaster and when buying tickets comes around for pre-sale cap one or a regular sale? Yeah, um, for Ticketmaster, most important thing is making sure you've registered. Registration will close on November 9th, so you still got a couple of days to register. There isn't, unfortunately, a way to boost your chances of getting selected for pre-sale. From my understanding, what's going to be happening is that they intend to give everyone pre-sale access, but if there's more demand for your show than there is supply, then they are going to start randomly selecting people for um, pre-sale. So you might get waitlisted or you might get invited. And then another huge thing that I feel like people don't think about is making sure all your payment info is added into your account. So go ahead, add it in, make sure it's up to date. I also try to link it to your internet browser. Like you can add it into Chrome or Safari or your, even your Apple wallet. That way, when you're buying tickets, the information will just autofill. Because I find just like little things like that can be the reason why you don't get tickets. Ticketmaster will hold your tickets once you've selected them, but they only usually hold it for like five to 10 minutes before they're released back for the presale. And that's stressful. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you're prepared, make sure all your info is up to date. And on the day of, I try to show up at least 20 minutes early just to make sure I've got everything set up. I like to check my information again, just to make sure um, and get on the page. I find it loads faster when you're already on it compared to when all the traffic comes at right at okay. 10. Just better to be on there, logged in, ready to go. I saw someone on TikTok too, really, really stressed, never refresh while you're in the queue. Yes, yeah, you will lose your progress. You'll be sent right back to the very beginning. I know it's really tempting sometimes because it doesn't feel like the line's moving. And, um, you know, you can be like, oh, well, maybe if I refresh, it'll load faster. <laughs> no, you'll be sent right back to the start. So don't don't refresh. So what about having like multiple tabs open at once? Is that also like a big no-no? Sometimes Ticketmaster will flag your activity as a bot and sometimes that happens if you have too many tabs open or you've got a bunch of different devices or I know a lot of people were going to have their information passed on to their friends and family so that they could log in with their details and just like things like that that might trigger their system so Mm -hmm. I just try to have the one page open and then I'll have it on my mobile uh, like you could do the Ticketmaster app or just on the browser, but I find that iPhones and just like phones in general tend to crash a lot more okay. often than desktop. So try to do it on a laptop if you can. It'll be more reliable and less likely to kind of get all glitchy. I and feel then, like that's really solid advice. <laughs> one is slightly different. So if you are planning to go to any of the Arlington or the opening Glendale shows, 
they are doing their pre-sale through SeatGeek instead. So um, if you want to find that link, you can just go onto Taylor's website and when you're looking at all the different tour dates, you'll see sign up and you'll also see more info. So if you click on more info, it'll take you straight to the SeatGeek page. You just enter in your same pre-sale code on there, but you do have to have an account with them and you also mm -hmm. want to make sure your payment info is added into that as well. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, that's so many ways to get you. Yeah. <laughs> There's one more pre-sale. Uh, so we've got the SeatGeek and Ticketmaster, which will be happening at the same time. Um, and then the other one is Kappa One. So Kappa One fans will be getting access four hours after the Ticketmaster verified fan pre-sale has started. Um, so it'll be at 2 p.m. local venue time. And I had a lot of people asking me, what do you mean? by local venue time. <laughs> um, so it's essentially whatever time zone your stadium is in, it's 10 a.m. Right. that time okay, or perfect. 2 p.m. in the case of Capital One. Our next question is kind of like looping back to what you were saying a minute ago about how the internet has really started freaking people out about this tour. And it literally looks like it's going to be a great war style bloodbath. And I don't know exactly how true that is. And I feel like you're probably the more qualified person to talk about that. So what are your thoughts on the internet hyping this up, thinking that it's going to be a war? I think at first I felt more confident about it. You know, I didn't think it was going to be nearly as bad as people had said, but then, mm -hmm. you know, Midnight's came out. It's been breaking all of these records. It's Taylor's yeah. biggest commercial success in her entire career, which means it's past 1989, which I didn't think was possible. Um, <laughs> so there's so much more demand for sure. Like there are definitely new fans, um, fans since Folklore, Evermore, re-recordings, her audio is going viral on TikTok or yeah. uh, from Midnight's. Once we got the tour announcement and we had a queue just to register, that's when I started getting worried. I was like, holy, there's a line just to sign up. So in terms of Eras Tour, I think an important thing to remember is to not base it on Loverfest and how that went. Loverfest, right. the demand was not spread out evenly across the different shows. There was only four U.S. shows total. So that just meant everyone wanted to make sure they got to those and even international fans they wanted to get dates to that or like yeah. me in my case since I'm Canadian and she didn't go there I was gonna have to go to Loverfest too so there's just so much demand but not spread out well whereas right. Eras Tour we've got 35 dates so far and so that already gives you a lot more opportunities to buy tickets not to mention there's usually a minimum of 50,000 available per show Right. And she hasn't even announced any international dates yet, too. No, she did say as soon as possible. Um, based on last tours, I would say a couple of weeks. So she'll probably, like, you know, go through the pre-sale and the general right. population sale of these tickets and then say, <laughs> gotcha, I'm back, international <laughs> tour. Another variant. <laughs> another variant. Another variant. <laughs> it's actually just another Willow remix. That's going to be the <laughs> As long as you prepare for tour and you've got everything set up and you're registered for pre-sale and you've got all your account info in there and you're ready on the day of, it should be pretty breezy, hopefully. Right. Um, fingers just, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. So I think we've got time for one or two more questions where we have to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor. So we're going to talk about 
estimated costs and dynamic pricing? I know that's a hefty question, but we've got a few minutes. And what exactly dynamic pricing means with Ticketmaster? What we estimate those prices are going to be per section. And then after the break, we'll talk about the pros and cons of the sections. Yeah. So Ticketmaster added in dynamic pricing, I think two years ago. And so the whole premise of that is that the pricing will rise and fall based on the demand that there is for a show. So <laughs> sometimes you'll notice that right after the show, the tickets will, or pre-sale starts, the ticket prices will skyrocket because you've got resellers that are trying to kind of capitalize on that. And then for a lot of people, they're like, oh, no, 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 that's too much. <laughs> so then after a little bit, if people aren't buying tickets, then they tend to drop the pricing. Um, and it's also like the closer you get to your show, the cheaper your ticket will be, um, especially if you're getting it on the night before or the day of. That's right. good deals that way. Yeah, I, I'll be interesting to see how dynamic pricing works. I think I'm more concerned about what their fees are going to look like. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I feel like you never really know the fees until you're trying to check out. No, and I, so I've heard sucks. that they've been getting kind of insane lately. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I went to Carly Rae Jepsen the other night, bought my ticket through Ticketmaster. The ticket was $9, but the fees were $12 for that one ticket. And I was like, how right, are the fees going to be a hundred percent more than the ticket itself? <laughs> that's $9. That's amazing. Yeah. The show had already started. Me and my roommate live like five minutes from the <laughs> venue and we were sitting on the couch and we're like, you want to go to Carly Rae Jepsen? And we're like, yeah. And so we just got up and ordered an Uber and went. That's how That's I feel. Awesome. I'm going to Demi Lovato on Wednesday for 20 bucks. So <laughs> it's that low. That's crazy. So I had found some really good information from the TS13 on tour Twitter account. They had mm -hmm. posted and a lot of people were sharing their ticket prices. So that's where I got a lot of my information from because a lot of the official stuff we can't really find anymore in 2022, given that it's been so long. But um, I have two different categories. There is a reputation tour, and then there is Loverfest. This Loverfest mm -hmm. is just a lot more. <laughs> right. Um, so for the nosebleeds, this is the section that is the furthest away from the stage, like the last few rows in the last section of the stadium. So for rep tour, they ranged from 50 to $100. And then for Loverfest, they went up to $125 to $220. Oof. Mm. Moving up, we've got Upper Bowl. So same section that Nosebleeds are in. It's just a, a bit closer down. And for the Rep Tour, it was between $100 and $250. Next step is Lower Bowl. And so this is where you're going to notice it kind of jumps up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, for Rep Tour, it was between $150 to $300. Loverfest, 250 to 500 That's plus. a big range. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, our main two. So floor, rep tour, it was between 80 and $750, quite the range. <laughs> and then Loverfest was between 250 to 700 Oh, my God. Lastly, we've got pit. Um, this is the most high demand section. Rep tour was between 500 to 800 plus and Loverfest was in that same price range. That's wild. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor, but when we come back, we're going to break down that 49 to 449 estimate that was released to the public, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of each section. And for now, let's roll the ad. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we did just chat about the prices that have happened in the past with the Rep Tour and with Loverfest. Yeah, I think that every venue will be a little different. I know that usually the prices that they suggest are not always what they actually are sometimes they could be a bit more Mm -hmm. um but i would imagine that the 49 would be your nosebleed seats and then 449 would be either uh floor or pit but i feel like it's almost a little low for pit whereas the packages they start at that 199 to 899 so i feel like that 899 is probably your vip pit package right what um is included with vip VIP last tour, well, for the previous tours, it was mainly you had a what they would consider to be a premium ticket within your section. Last tour, you could get a VIP package for lower bowl, floor, and pit. So you would get um, one of the best seats within that section. And then the rest of it was some exclusive merch. So for Rep Tour, they had this really, really cool kind of interactive VIP box. You opened it up, it had the screen on it, like almost like a pop-up stage setup for the rep tour. And the message uh, on the screen would be from Taylor. Uh, So got a little special message from her. They had cool things like uh, almost similar to the rep tour magazines where they had all those different photos and poetry Mm -hmm. and paintings. So they got their own exclusive one. They got a, a reputation CD, a lanyard, a commemorative ticket that they could display. They also got like an iron-on patch as well. Uh-huh. So it was really cool, but there's not really benefits outside of the merch. I, I think like the value you're getting based on the merch that you get is really good, but you're not getting anything like early access to the venue. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a, I know for Red Tour, they have this kind of pre-show lounge which was really cool for vip oh that's cool sometimes people got faster access or like preferred access to the merch booths at the show but none of those things would be a part of the package uh, it, it is a little hard to say just because i know that she's announced pricing for it but she hasn't actually told us what's in the vip package so it right. would be different for this tour but i imagine it'll kind of be the same where you get your ticket and then it's some exclusive merch that comes with it. Yeah. So if you get those, like the best seats in the section, like you said, are those predetermined for you if you opt in for the VIP package or like those seats are blacked off or this is a VIP seat with a VIP package, if that question makes sense? Yeah, I've never bought VIP. So I know sometimes you're able to see exactly where your seat would be, and then other times it's just randomly assigned to you within a section. I think that happened for national shows, because they have kind of different setups for, like, their floor is usually just standing instead of seats, so a little different to us. Interesting to see what it (laughs) looks like for this. Right. 
So I've seen some people online who are confusing VIP and verified fan and what exactly that means and how to get boosts and stuff like that. So do you want to talk about the differences and how to get boosts if that's even possible, stuff like that? So verified fan and VIP are completely separate. Verified fan is just Ticketmaster's pre-sale. Um, so they just call it the verified fan program and you register um, and it's meant to give fans first access to tickets. So there's not really benefits within the show if you got verified fan, it's just giving you that preferred pre-sale access. For last tour, we were able to do really cool things like we could watch videos or buy merch and that would help to boost our place in line. But for this tour, it seems like they have boosts, but not the same system that we're used to. So you can't watch videos or any of the things that they had on that Taylor Swift Ticks portal. Mm -hmm. I think now they're just randomly boosting people. I'm sure you guys saw the other day they had sent yeah. out some emails to loyal fans. And I think it was based on if you had bought merch for Midnight. Uh, and then they Interesting. Fans for boost. A boost isn't guarantee that you'll get pre-sale access. I think Ticketmaster has been pretty good about saying that it's never guaranteed just in case, um, but it does increase your chances that you will get selected rather than get waitlisted. So if somebody's waitlisted, does that mean that they will not make it in for that verified fan pre-sale or does it mean that they could still open up that link and wait and if other people don't take their chance at the opportunity, then they might get in at that time? Sometimes they'll give fans access a little later, or they might send them the code for other shows. But typically, if you get waitlisted, your best bet is to wait for the general public sale on the 18th. Mm -hmm. um, so they typically won't give you access. Um, and how does the Capital One pre-sale work in comparison to like the verified fan? So Capital One's pretty chill. Um, <laughs> so you have to register and put in all your show preferences and personal information um, and get that registration confirmation. For Capital One, you don't have to do anything right now. You just wait until the day of the presale, and then you use the first six digits of your Capital One card um, to gain entry into the presale. So there starts at 2 p.m. So they do get access a bit later um, than verified fans. I wouldn't be too worried about it because it's only a couple of hours, but it just might mean that selection is a bit more limited compared to if you got in right away. Right. So for the lucky fans who, or I guess somewhat unlucky, depends on how you look at it. <laughs> if they don't get that link for the verified fan presale, then there would a good option be like if you have Capital One card or access to a Capital One card, just having that in your brain prepared 10 a.m. I might not know or I might not get in and then 2 p.m. Capital One and don't panic because there's still going to be tickets available. Yeah, um, you'll know before the day of pre-sale whether you're getting in or not. Um, they're sending out, they should be sending an email to you as well as a text message with your pre-sale code if you got selected. Um, so that's on the evening of the 14th and then the pre-sale will take place the next day. So you'll know the night before whether you need to be up and ready for the pre-sale. The one, I'm not sure if they're going to have the same limitations with Ticketmaster where they have like randomly select fans to get pre-sale access or if they're just going to do it for everyone. I would assume that everyone gets access. They did say that supplies are a bit limited so I think they get a selection of tickets available. 
that get released when they are pre-sale opens. So we know for sure that with the verified fan pre-sale, you're capped out at six tickets. You cannot get more than six tickets at that time. Has there been any news from Capital One about a ticket cap or could somebody hypothetically buy for a group of 15 in one sitting if they have a Cap One card? Or do we know? be the same uh, limit across okay. everything um, and it's per event. So I think even if you were to get, you know, six tickets at once and then you tried to, in another instance, get another set of tickets, it would let you, it caps it for the whole show. Mm-hmm. But if you were trying to get tickets for multiple shows, then you'd be good. Right. So when you're getting that pre-sale code, would that code, because you put in your preferred like city that you're interested in, do you only get a code for like that one city? Or if it's by um, demand, you might get your second choice city, but you only get a code for one. Or do you know? Last tour, I got access to all of my top choices. Um, okay. So I think they, they keep it open because people might not necessarily want to go. Maybe they're, they change their mind and their top choice isn't their top choice anymore. So I think it, it's any of the shows that you had selected that you'll get uh, access into and then just not the others. Another cool thing that they did last tour, um, after I'd gotten my tickets and they had announced new dates, they sent me another code so I could get tickets for those shows if I wanted. Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) It might not necessarily just be the one code, and maybe that's the case where the fans that got waitlisted get priority for the second round of tickets. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people talk about platinum tickets, using air quotes, being (laughs) total BS and a way to scam people out of money. Could you talk a little bit about that? They felt like people we're getting misled. Um, yeah. You hear the name Platinum. You, you think it's oh yeah <laughs> better. <laughs> fancy or it might be VIP or something, but they aren't VIP. Um, and when they were doing that whole report on them prior to them going into trial, they found that there was no difference between Platinum tickets and regular seats. Uh, but the pricing was significantly higher for those platinum seats over the regular seats. So I think that they will be part of the Eras Tour, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. What my recommendation for you to be um, for that is that try to avoid getting platinum if you can. I just try to go for the regular seats. It's just tricky. Sometimes you'll see it's only platinum tickets. And so I kind of use platinum as kind of a last option like if I was trying to get tickets my first thing would be I want to get Ticketmaster pre-sale and then uh, face value tickets so if I can't get those I'll go for platinum and then my last choice would be you know like a reseller or a third party platinum tickets make me so mad (laughs) I don't know why they still call them platinum like I I guess they're supposed to be the best one of the better seats within that section but they don't even guarantee that either so no so I want to talk a little bit about navigating resale. Like if somebody wants to go to a show and they're not super committed to that location or to seats down below and they're okay with nosebleeds or upper bowl or less desirable seats, would you say that they should wait until it gets closer so that prices theoretically drop or what are your thoughts on that? I think it depends on where you are in relation to your shows. For me, I always have to fly to see Taylor. So I don't like kind of waiting until closer to because Mm -hmm. 
the idea of showing up to a, a city and not having a ticket stresses me out a lot but i think if you are local to the area and the venue is super close to you then that can definitely be a more reliable option when it comes to resale it's it will vary a lot so when pre-sale access is just closed and like general access is open all the resellers will price gouge and Mm -hmm. they usually overcharge they'll do like double or triple what they originally paid for it and then it'll be like that for a little bit until demand has died down a little bit and then that's when you'll notice the pricing start to drop and when it gets really good is when it's close to the shows because people are just desperate to get rid of those yeah so like it's the day of the show uh, i saw someone who got b-stage barricade uh taylor's right in front of them i it was the night of the show they paid 60 dollars living the dream (laughs) definitely can get some really 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 good tickets it's just a matter uh you know kind of risk but yeah like will you be heartbroken if you don't get it yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and then some shows are so high in demand that there isn't that kind of wide range of tickets available but typically you'll see portions of the tickets are released closer to the show and then the day before the day of fans have a lot of success if they go straight to the box office and they get tickets from there but that means you have to camp out make sure you're first right. in line. <laughs> gotcha. So for those who do want to do resale, the general rule of thumb being don't go in immediately when they're posted to the public because you're going to get price gouge probably. Yeah. yeah, don't do it right away. I try to avoid third parties like StubHub and SeatGeek just because they have been reliable in the past, but it's always kind of a 50-50. Like you never know if the tickets are actually going to go through or not, or if it's going to be fake. When it comes to resale, Ticketmaster actually has their own resale program within um, their site. So that would be where I would recommend getting your resale tickets from. That way, you know, it's reliable and there's no chance of it being fake. You just might notice that pricing can be a little crazy sometimes. Right. Again, people usually will start decreasing that if they notice that they're not getting any Fights exactly like if something is wildly out of your price range if you don't purchase it they'll come down because they want to sell it <laughs> for sure so let's talk about something huge which is like i've kind of been teasing the pros and cons of each section so i'm five foot one i'm a shorty and i've seen on your page actually that floor might not be the best move for me unless i'm guaranteed to be close to the b stage or the main stage so that i can actually see so that's a big con for me but there are going to be pros for everyone in every section so let's go through it talk about your pros and cons for each section and what what you would recommend for just the average joe yeah i kind of made this guide recently where I was trying to help people figure out what sections would be best for them based on their goal for the show. Um, And so some goals that I had and examples would be, I want the best view possible, or I want the highest chance of meeting Taylor, or I want the cheapest tickets. So I've created some kind of rankings based on those things. I find if you're trying to get a good view the best sections for that are going to be pit and floor. They, especially with pit, that's the closest that you can get to Taylor. So your view is always going to be amazing. Um, and then 
if you were trying to get meet and greets, for example, be more floor and lower bowl. Um, but yeah, let's go through these different sections. I think I'll start, I'll work my way from the top of the venue down. So if we're starting off with the upper bowl, um, some things that I really like about upper bowl is that it's always really affordable and these tickets are the least likely to sell out. They take the longest. So there's always a good chance that you'll have availability for that section, no matter how long you wait. You still can get chosen to meet Taylor in this section. It's just a bit harder because you're so much farther away right. from where Taylor Nation would be. But what is good about Upper Bowl is that because you're so far away, there's a really high chance that you'll get upgraded. And so they'll move fans from the Upper Bowl down to different sections. It could be any section, but usually it's lower bowl or floor or even pit. Uh, they also have these. <laughs> that cool would be incredible. <laughs> yeah seating areas last tour called club olivia and club meredith and um, you can't buy tickets for these these are the areas that are set out for friends and family of taylor um, and like different celebrities but they will also upgrade fans to there as well and there's assigned seating i feel like people forget how how great that is right <laughs> and also because you're so far away you have such a good view of the crowd. You can see all the cool lights when they light up bracelets. You can see yeah. the stage setup and all the production. Like, you're not missing anything. So it can still be a really, really fun time. Even if you're in the nosebleeds, <laughs> it can be you know, like the best night of your life. And I mean, you're still in the same stadium as Taylor Swift, so <laughs> therefore <laughs> it's still a win. <laughs> in the house is good. <laughs> you need to get into the house at this point. Right. <laughs> so the, a quick question about that area. You said that like upgrades can happen from that area and get moved up front. So how do they determine who gets upgraded? Is it kind of like how they determine for meet and greets, which we'll talk about later? It's just like, oh, they look like super fans. What a weird costume. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes it's even just random. Like people were in the elevator and someone's like, hey, do you want like to get upgraded? Like do you want floor tickets? So it can be really random. It's also given out by not only just Taylor Nation, but sometimes the venue staff themselves will have leftover tickets, and so they will give How them neat. out to fans who look like they uh, you know, are the most enthusiastic and energetic and deserve to kind of yeah. get a closer view of Taylor. It should be a rule of thumb anyway to just be nice and polite to everyone you see. So, I mean, exactly. I guess if that doesn't come naturally to you, you got to fake it that night or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the next section, what would that be? Lower bowl? Yes. So lower bowl, your view is going to get better. The prices are going to go up a little bit, um, but fans get chosen from this section more often to meet Taylor. More so the meet and greets rather than upgrades. You still have that affordable pricing, so I find lower bowl, you're kind of looking at 150, 200 plus, um, depending on when and where you get your tickets from. Still got that assigned seating, so you don't have to worry about showing up super early. And then it can be really, really good if you get lower bowl tickets that are closer to the floor, but like next to the B stages. Um, and if you've never heard of the B stage, previous tours, Taylor would have at least one or two stages towards the back of the stadium. And she will go over there partway through the show. Usually she literally flies <laughs> over <laughs> to the back just so that way she can interact with fans back there and make everyone in the stadium feel involved. 
So yeah. if you get tickets that are close to that B stage, when she comes by, you get a really good view of her. So recommend that. The only thing that's a little tricky with the bulls is where you choose to sit. Ideally, you know, you always want to be as close to the stage as possible, but not in this section. Because if you are on the sides of the stage that are like the closest to it, half the time you can't see the full stage set up. Mm -hmm. Like you can see behind where the stage is, but you can't really right. see the full view of it. So I try to go in the corners or more in the middle. I feel like if I can't be right right by the stage, I want to see the entire stage. Like if exactly. I can't be right there. Forgot to mention for Upper Bowl, you'd be relying on the screens a lot, and this is something that's also relevant for Lower Bowl. So you usually are watching the Jumbotrons. Sometimes if she comes by the B stage, then you don't have to rely on it as mm -hmm. much. But yeah, generally for Lower Bowl, you don't have to look at the screen as much as you would for Upper Bowl. Right. Um, upper Bowl, sometimes I even tell people to bring the binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> see her properly awesome. <gasps> next section is floor is my favorite <laughs> all right let's talk floor i i love floor i cannot recommend it enough the only issue of course is if you are um, a bit shorter it can be a little <laughs> little tricky um first thing i want to kind of clarify is the difference between floor and pit a, a lot of people think that they're the same but they aren't um, mm -hmm. So floor has a signed seat still, and pit doesn't. So everyone in the pit is standing, and you have to show up early and make sure you're the first in the venues. So that way you can get a good spot. This is the section that the most fans are chosen um, to meet Taylor, and it's because Taylor Nation is walking around the floor throughout the show looking for people. So if you're on the floor, you're right there. You're really easy to access, especially if you have aisle seats. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, really recommend for uh, Taylor looks like a real person. Right. <laughs> e stage barricade. I I enjoyed that so much. I would highly recommend that to anyone else. Basically, what I did was I got floor tickets right by the B stage, so that way I could just walk over to barricade uh, when Taylor was supposed to come by. In terms of drawbacks, height. So I find you should be at least. Five floor if you want to go for floor because the floor is not <laughs> on a slant it's not elevated at all so that's not working to help you um the farther back you are on the floor the harder it's going to be to see over the people in front of you and there's no guarantee that the people in front of you are going to be short um, sometimes mm -hmm. people get lucky and they're able to see no problem but most of the time that isn't the case and because floor tickets are so expensive i just I wouldn't recommend risking it if you think that that might be a concern for you. I I even have times, like I, I went to see Halsey um, a couple years ago and I got floor tickets. I was too far back. I'm like 5'9". I could not see. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, couldn't see and it. you're taller than average, so. <laughs> I, I feel like it ruined what would have otherwise been a really amazing concert. Right. Um, so if that is a concern for you, I would recommend lower bowl. And again, those would be the seats kind of closest to the B stage. So that way she still comes near you. That way you don't have to worry about seeing. Awesome. Oh, um, and one other thing too, if you are uh, disabled or chronically ill, Swifty, floor might be a little challenging because most people on the floor choose to stand throughout the entire show. Right. So if it's an issue and 
can't stand for long periods of time, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, you could definitely sit, but everyone else is going to be standing, so you won't be able to sit. Good note. And I think that brings us to the last section, which is the pit, which we did talk about a little bit, but how many rows deep does the pit go? Like, are there a lot of people that can fit in the pit? Usually they're quite small. Lots of demand for it, but your goal is to get barricade or as close as possible. Definitely kind of like best bang for your buck in terms of you, but there is that stress that comes along with trying to get your view and I recommend showing up at least 6 or 7 a.m. so that way you can start lining up to make sure right. that you're there when doors open. There's some ways you can help yourself out a little bit like usually outside the venue they have the merch booths to get your merch before the doors open that way you don't have to wait in line for those. You want to go with a friend ideally so that way if you need to go to the bathroom they can hold your spot for you uh, and that way you won't lose it. But it is very physically demanding because you you have to stay in your pit spot the entire time, dancing and going crazy. And once the show gets closer to starting, you'll have more people come in behind you, like pushing up, trying to get to the front. So um, if you're claustrophobic, like I could see that being a really, really, really stressful time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I've reached out to a lot of people. I've never gotten pit tickets before, so I just wanted their insight on their experience. And everyone said that they would recommend it. Like they they had the best night possible, and it it was amazing. They just really uh, emphasized that you need to get there early, so that way you get that place. So some benefits and drawbacks when it comes to pit. This is the most expensive section. It is gonna <laughs> hurt. Uh, last tour, you were looking 600 that like the VIP packages were starting at $900. That was mm-hmm. before fees. These tickets go very quickly because there's not as many of them as there would be in other sections. You don't have an assigned seat, so if you need to take a break, you can't really unless you leave the pit and go to the back. And a lot of fans don't really get chosen for meet and greets from this section just because you're harder to access, especially if you're at the front. So if you were towards the back of the pit, then you have a better chance of them reaching you. But otherwise, it doesn't happen very often. This kind of segues us into something else that's been a big conversation online and will definitely be bigger as we go along. And that is show etiquette, yes. because obviously tall people should be able to sit wherever they want or stand, I guess, wherever they want. But there's a conversation of signs, like how long can your sign be in the air? How big can the sign be? What's appropriate to wear if kids are brought? There's a lot of levels to this. Should you mm-hmm. camp overnight for those pit spots, but then you're basically like a parasite in the city for however long you're <laughs> camping out and Harry Styles has kind of brought camping back. So all of that to say, <laughs> what are your biggest like show etiquette recommendations? Like what would you recommend against and what do you think is okay and people are being too sensitive about? There was a really great example of kind of what not to do last tour. Um, someone had trying to get a meet and greet but they were doing it in kind of the most invasive way possible like they were running around the stadium I think they said they ran or walked a total of six miles during that show just like going around through the different sections they were causing a scene like following Taylor's mom around 
like if they would they got kicked out of different areas because they were in the middle of an entire aisle or like mm-hmm. one of them was not even facing the stage they were facing andrea and just like dancing uh trying to get their attention they had been told multiple times to like go back to their seats and they kept still trying to go and follow them so just be respectful like andrea gets a lot of people that want to come up to her and talk to her and you know definitely don't be afraid to to talk to her or anything like that but just be respectful of her and her space um so that way she doesn't get overwhelmed another big thing do not stand on your seats security (laughs) will have a talk with you about it same thing if, if you're trying to stand in the middle of an aisle they won't let you do that and just like generally like walking around trying to go from one section to another that's something that they don't like in terms of signs i don't really like posters <laughs> I, uh, i'll be honest i because i've had so many different experiences where people were just holding a sign and i couldn't see anything mm-hmm. and i also want to caution that a lot of venues have poster restrictions so a lot of them don't actually allow bigger ones if you were to have a poster a way that I think would make it less stressful for you and everyone around you is if um, you like poked holes in it and then like string through it and then you could just have it hanging around your neck that way it's oh, resting on yeah. you you don't have to hold it it does all the work for you mm-hmm. and that way you could still have it up without it blocking someone's view clever yeah very yeah, cool I can't believe people harass Andrea like that and they don't get embarrassed I get embarrassed by the most minute things I could not imagine <laughs> so well they end like you think it's embarrassing then she she ended up giving them rep room I don't know I don't feel like they should have but no. when she had come up to them she said I am here to relieve you from your misery <gasps> and the other thing she said that I was like <gasps> I know what your end goal is obviously you've made it pretty clear why do you want to meet Taylor I I would want to disappear. I would leave. I think I would be like, you know what? I don't actually want to meet back. Taylor because I want to run away into a hole and never because, emerge. Because I know that Taylor's mom is going to go talk shit about me to Taylor right afterward. Right? <laughs> it would be a completely so, tainted experience. Oh, God. <laughs> long story short, be kind to those around you. Yeah. Be respectful. Um, camping camping has never been a thing at Taylor's shows before and what I've been hearing online is that people kind of want to keep it that way I will update if I see people planning to camp but usually it's not allowed by the venue it's just you're in their space over the top (laughs) yeah especially if you're camping for like days at a time that's that's I don't think it'd be worth it. And then you want to stand in a crowd and then you want to stand surrounded by other people. You smell. You've been camping for four days. (laughs) When was the last time you showered? Five days ago. No, absolutely not. (laughs) For Harry Styles, the like pit was so bad that someone joked, like they brought deodorant and they were like, hey guys, like if you want to see this. And then Dove got in on it and they like had a truck outside of one of the residency shows where they like little deodorants and it was like big pit energy and they were just selling those oh, that's Shut so, up. That's oh so clever God. good good to know A- anti-camping you don't want to be parasitic in the city you don't want to make trash be places because that's the other thing is that if you're somewhere that long on a sidewalk you're gonna produce trash and you're probably yeah. not going to throw it away i feel like most of this just boils down to 
be considerate of others at all times. Exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really what it is. And even at the yeah. show, I, I was at the Carly Rae Jepsen tour, like I said the other night, and I was amazed. Again, it's different because it's a much smaller venue, much different artist. But me and my roommate are both like 5'1". And the people in front of us turned around, they're like, oh, you can stand in front of me. And then that just kept happening. So for throughout the entire show, we got moved up like 50 total that. feet, like 10 rows behind the stage because they're like, oh, you're so short. I can see right over you. And obviously that's not the case for this show because most are assigned seats. But uh, shout out to the Carly Rae Jepsen fandom. Be nice to the <laughs> those around you it was so wholesome that's so sweet I think that there's like a good mix of people like I think a lot of us are trying to make the tour as fun as possible I don't know if you guys heard there's a new fan project that's gonna be happening I saw you post on your Instagram tell us about it yeah um so full credits to era's fan project uh they have uh, multiple different social media accounts I think they're on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and there were some other people who had also come up with this idea, but in the song, You're On Your Own Kid, Taylor says, make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people thought it would be an amazing idea if we all made friendship bracelets. You know, I you can put your, your name or like your account info or the show you're going to, and then everyone will bring theirs and get to trade them with each other. That's so cute. That's yeah, been so I common. Think- in the EDM culture for so long, like the plur, like the peace, love, unity, respect. So I love that there's a Taylor Swift version. I was in Girl Scouts, like through my late teens, you know, and I still have so much friendship bracelet string. So I need to find it and I will make all the friendship bracelets. I love that so much. There's like a ton of them on my arm. I know. It's like a collection. <laughs> not gonna be able to move your arms during the show. You're just gonna be yeah. standing there. Wouldn't it be cute though if they were in the meet and greet and they had like the friendship bracelets? They could give it to Taylor and be like, hey, "Yeah, like you're in on this too now." So cute. That would be adorable. So moving on from etiquette stuff, what do you recommend people wear? Because it's gonna be hot, and a lot of these stadiums yeah. are open air stadiums, but also costumes are fun. And so, what's your general recommendation? Yeah, um, concerts have uh, like had this tradition in the past where everyone would go and they would wear a costume, and that's been a thing since the Fearless tour. You don't have to wear a costume if you don't want to, but rest assured, like you will not be out of place if you do wear one, because most of us will be <laughs> wearing a costume. The benefit with the Eras tour is that there's so much inspiration for different ideas that you can come up with. You have literally anything and everything that you could choose from to to wear. But yeah, get inspired by her eras, her songs. Some people go as different songs or they'll try to do little puns and inside jokes on different lyrics. And there's so many different things that you can do. But also don't feel pressured to wear a costume because a lot of people just go in regular outfits and you could still be chosen to meet Taylor and not be wearing a costume. Some people like to wear like a piece of merch or something like that. It's totally up to your preference, I find. So like whatever you feel comfortable with, I always make costumes because they get me excited and it's kind of part of the tour process for me. So I think I'm going to make one again. I want to do one based on ivy. I want to have like this Ooh. dress and have all this ivy hanging off of it. And that's so cool. clever. Olivia, you know how much I love ivy. Ivy is my yeah, favorite on everyone. I know uh, Danny and I were joking about um, dressing up as clowns because we always walk clown Nelia street <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a 
couple of my friends don't know this yet. They want to go in Houston and I would really like to dress them up as sexy babies. They're men. So it's less weird. I think if, if I make them dress like sexy babies, then it would be girls (laughs) and we're going to be monsters. We could be the the monsters. That would Mm -hmm. be so fun. Oh my goodness. I feel like they may do it. So you mentioned costumes, like not necessarily upping odds of meet and greet. And so we're going to move into the last big Q&A section, which is about meet and greet. And this whole situation, this whole Q&A part started with you saying, don't go into a show expecting meet and greet, because if it doesn't happen, which statistically is highly unlikely, it's going to taint your experience. But some people are curious about meet and greets. So the first question is about the general odds for meet and greets? Like how many people get chosen from each show? Is there anything you can do to up those odds? How exactly it works? It kind of varies based on each show, but it's usually between 20 to 40 fans that are selected from the crowd. The average crowd size for the Reputation Tour was 55,000 people. So pretty, pretty slim, which is why I always say don't go in expecting that it'll happen. But costumes can be really great because they help you to stand out within a crowd. If you have a really creative or original costume idea, that can also increase your chances. I find the main things are just to get to the venue early because a lot of people, they'll show up and their goal is to get merch and go to the Taylor Nathan booth, which is great, but they forget that you could also go into the venue and there's (laughs) nobody there. So if you start dancing and having fun, it's so easy to see you. The house lights are up. There's like 30 people in the stadium. Yeah. Um, and it's just so much easier to, to be seen. But another thing too, if you show up before doors open, last tour, Taylor Nation was giving away pre-show meet and greet passes to fans um, outside the venue. It was like an hour or two before the meet and greet was supposed to happen. Oh, that's um, so cool. So pretty short notice, but that's another way. So always recommend showing up early if you're not doing pit um i try to be there for i like going at like noon because meeting other fans and getting excited for doors opening is part of the experience for me but it's also a really great time for you to get noticed like you could just walk around the venue you get to meet new people and then you could potentially get taylor nation's attention yeah but the biggest thing out of everything is your enthusiasm they they're looking for um you know the fans who are the most passionate, they're dancing, they're singing, they're going crazy, and they maintain that energy throughout the entire show. Usually, they'll start watching people during the openers, and they keep watching them just to make sure <laughs> that uh, they still have that energy with them. But it seems kind of like a random process. Sometimes they'll find like the shy girl or the one who's like, Either they're not screaming every word, but they're like crying along and like they know every word and you can tell that they're really passionate. So there are a lot of different ways that they can do, but those are the main ones to stand out. Oh, and never, ever, ever ask about meet and greets. Don't mention it in your conversation. Do not mention it in your costume or poster. For 1989, there were some girls who had made posters and they had like all these checklists and it was like, uh, like I've been a fan of Taylor for five years, travel all this way to seat her, and then the last one was like a question like Loft 89, or like they <laughs> mentioned it in their posters, but they want to pick people who aren't expecting it. So um, Andrea had said, you know, like, 
have this thing called Lofty and Yine, but the thing is you have to find, uh, we have to find you, like you can't find us. Try, try not to, to focus on it. Is there anything else outright that would hurt your odds of getting chosen? I feel like that's the main one. Gotcha. Like that, yeah, it'd be pretty good. Like, don't be afraid to talk to Taylor Nation or talk to Andrea or ask for a photo. Um, it won't hurt your chances at all. It's good to know. I feel like if I saw Andrea, I would like melt and be like, I don't want to come off yeah. as embarrassing, but I, I want to. Like, photo. I can't make eye contact. <laughs> 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 honestly yeah i need to invest in some really good waterproof mascara oh yeah like <laughs> i i really hope that some of the stadiums will allow at least like some sort of small bag just for makeup touch-ups because i <laughs> yeah. will be bawling like taylor will walk on stage and i will just cry because that's, that's what who i am the red tour because she opened with state of grace so obviously <laughs> i was i was like not only do i get to hear my favorite album I get to see Taylor for the first time, but they open with my favorite song. So I instantly started <laughs> sobbing. And then my aunt was just taking pictures of me with like flash and everything. And I was like, please don't do that. <laughs> At least turn the flash off. Yeah. Just stop <laughs> exposing me like this. <laughs> Is she one of the aunts that like posted it on Facebook too? No, I actually went in and I like deleted the pictures off her phone because I was paranoid, right? I was like, this is a family type of thing. They they would post this just to be like, ha, huh, look at Autumn, like down at the Red Tour. Honestly, I'm more concerned, at least for the upcoming Aries Tour, if you don't have a meltdown, what are you, what are you doing? What are I, you doing? Like the night that I, the day I met Taylor, I didn't cry like the whole time. I didn't cry when I got the DM. I didn't cry while I was meeting her after. I think I was just in so much shock that it just right. didn't happen. Yeah, I guess it would take a minute of processing. Like, it would be I the mean, next day, and you'd be like... That's ideal, you know? Like, I don't want to be all, like, red eye. Like, when I cry, my eyes get puffy and red for, like, 24 hours. Well, so... I stoned in my Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift's going to think you're high. I mean, like, oh, you took lavender haze a little too far. Yeah, I'm going to tell her her aura is moonstone. <laughs> That's good, just because you're high. <laughs> so just to like gloss back over it, uh, you can be invited for meet and greets in advance. You can be invited in the parking lot or in the venue the day of. You can be invited at the show. There's no direct cutoff. Yeah, um, and there are two different types of meet and greets that Taylor does at her tours. So there is the pre-show meet and greet. This one is mainly chosen by Taylor online. Mm -hmm. So last tour, it was Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. I think for this tour, it's definitely be TikTok. She's yeah. so active on TikTok. Yeah. Maybe Instagram again, and I would say Twitter. But Tumblr, she's unfortunately not been active on in over two years. So... I don't think that she'll go back to that. Um, but yeah, she'll she'll find people's accounts. Sometimes people make posts about their outfit like I did. And uh, I put what shows I was going to and she'll find people that way. Or just people that she's been liking a lot of posts from and like has gotten to know them and wants to meet them. Mm -hmm. um, so usually most of them are chosen by her. But Taylor Nation could possibly choose you for this outside of the venue sometimes like hand out passes to this um usually the time you get with taylor is a bit shorter because she's on a schedule and it's also the time where of the media um different celebrities or friends of taylor will meet her and any contest winter uh, winners like 
for her previous sponsorships. So I think she had some things through her Diet Coke or like Subway that they did a giveaway. Radio stations will give giveaways. Sometimes they include meet and greets. So that's another way that you could get chosen for that. Um, and then the after show meet and greet is where they pick those fans from the crowd to meet her after the show. That's mainly chosen all by Taylor Nation. Um, and I find that's kind of the easiest one to try to get picked for because online there's there's so many Swifties and it's so hard like you can make a fan account but it sometimes just takes a lot of work and effort before you get mm -hmm. her attention whereas in person it's a lot easier yeah especially with TikTok too like the algorithm pushes oh, the yeah. weirdest videos and then they won't for others and TikTok is just its own thing I feel like yes <laughs> So one last question, and it doesn't really have to do with meet and greets, uh, but it's a big one, especially since Olivia and I talked about going to multiple shows. Some people are talking about multiple shows being essentially impossible because of the estimated price. How possible do you think it is to go to multiple shows? And does that just kind of circle back to being willing to risk it all and buy tickets last minute and stuff like that? With pre-sale, you can get tickets for multiple shows um, if you wanted to at that point. You, you have that six limit cap for per event but it's not limited to like how many tickets you can get total mm -hmm. so for last tour I got a ticket for Toronto night one but I also got one for night two so you can get pre-sale tickets it just it can be a little tricky because usually you have to go through the pre-sale buy your ticket then enter the next pre-sale buy your ticket instead of trying to do it at the same time because that's when your ticket master will freak out and be like whoa what are you doing? <laughs> um, so I'd say for multiple shows, I find some people are really lucky and they're able to get floor tickets each time. Um, but I find it's more reliable if you're trying to get upper bowl, lower bowl, you can get tickets that way. And that way they're not super expensive. And then if you are trying to get a ticket to city near you, then that's when you can wait until closer to see if more tickets are released. But generally it's not too too bad yeah I feel like I'm willing to splurge on one and get like the best seats I possibly can and then I'm cool with nosebleeds I like light shows so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% sure that you have gotten questions question after question and if there are any things that you have not yet addressed on this podcast that you would like to quell because hopefully people will listen to this who have asked you a bunch of questions and want them answered so is there anything off the top of your head that you get a lot that we haven't asked you that you just want to get out there in the world most of the questions i've been getting out lately have been about pre-sale um mm -hmm. but i do want to let you guys know about a couple of fun things that I'll be featuring on my account for the tour. Um, so the first one, I'm going to be doing something called concert takeovers. And so basically, I'm going to pick at least two or three, because stadiums are quite big, two or three people to log into my account their day of their show. And then they're going to post story updates and take us through their experience. So they could be answering follower questions or just like updating on lines or like merch or what's happening with the show that way people who are going to upcoming shows they have something to look forward to and can kind of prepare that way and the people who did went can revisit it because i'll make it a highlight after so i'll be doing that which it's i'm really so excited fun. it's so clever <laughs> and then the other thing i want to do i haven't decided like how i'm going to set this up like i haven't posted about it yet but it is something i want to do 
I want to make a scrapbook. I want people to send in letters to Taylor and I will put them all together in a scrapbook and I want to pass that along to Taylor Nation at my show then they can pass it along to Taylor and I want it to be open to everyone like even people who aren't able to go to the Eros tour so that way they still have the opportunity for Taylor to you know hear from them and get noticed and be involved. Adam you're so good at this. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Please share your um, handles real quick. We're going to go into a quick game to wrap up this episode, but I don't know if they're different from platform to platform. So what are your handles for all the major ones? Yeah, um, it is the same username for all of them. It is just TS Tour Tips or, uh, you know, Taylor Swift Tour Tips. Um, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I do have a Twitter, but I don't think I'm going to be active on there. And it's just because a couple months ago, um, a bunch of people on Twitter were trying to, like, they were reporting my account on TikTok, trying to get it suspended because they wanted to gatekeep. So I just feel like I don't want to put the effort into Twitter if they don't even want me on other platforms. Exactly. And honestly, like, like I keep saying, you're doing all of this work, essentially, like, pro bono. We <laughs> everybody is so appreciative of this except for gatekeeping people and one day they'll come around i'm convinced that the gatekeepers will come around it's all about growth you know <laughs> all about growth i'm so happy to help people and the only thing i ask um just because I, I really appreciate being able to keep track of it if i'm able to help anyone to get upgraded or meet and greets i love getting those dms where people will tell me about that and like letting me know that my account had helped them in any way. Um, I know last tour I was able to help 128 fans to meet Taylor and then um, 82 to get upgrades. And I'm hoping I can break that record, but I need to know if I help people in order to. Definitely. We will Honestly. pass along if we hear anything too. <laughs> you are a saint. <laughs> so, Olivia, do you want to explain the game that we're going to do just to end this on a super light, fun note? Okay, so we have one of those like wheels and we put in like three random songs from every album and we're going to spin the wheel and whatever it comes on, we are going to discuss the likelihood of it being in the era's set list. So I'm really excited. Okay, so I just spun the wheel. I can't make this one up. State of Grace was the first one. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I can't I can't even turn the camera around to show you to prove it, but it's state of grace. I feel like I would have a full breakdown. Like I would be on the floor, off the floor. <laughs> Taylor would have to come get me. <laughs> you would just levitate. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh, don't message TS tour chips. She played State of Grace. I don't know the likelihood. See, my dream my dream world would be where each set for each show is like a little bit different because she has over 200 songs in her catalog to choose from but that is a ridiculous ask um but i'm gonna keep hoping state of grace i give like a 25 percent chance that's higher probably than it is but i have high hopes because i also love state of grace do you guys think she'll do b-stage surprise songs this yes i sure hope so i but think so that would be your better chance. Like, I don't think it'll be in the full set list, but I think it could definitely be a surprise song. I like the OG more than the acoustic version, but could you imagine she, like, pulls out a guitar and does oh, acoustic? Taylor doing acoustic live, she can play <laughs> anything to me, and I would cry. So, I, just moral of the story, I'm going to cry for everything. 
I am a crybaby. <laughs> so the next one, this wheel is listening, I swear, is Ivy. If she doesn't play it, canceled. <laughs> I would be surprised, right? Because like, it wasn't a single from Evermore, but I think it's a fan favorite. Is. I think it is too. So good. She has to play it. I'm I, scared that she'll do like a medley of folklore evermore and call it kind of what I picture in my brain. She's doing a medley and being like, yeah, we got that covered, but yeah. the songs are so slow. Like, how are people going to be hype? Like, I, how am I supposed to like get Taylor Nation's attention and throw ass to seven? Green was the grass. <laughs> <laughs> great american dynasty though that one could go hard like especially the bridge okay that's true could you imagine a full band sound with they say she was seen yeah like, that'd be hype okay next is the very first night Yeah. Do we feel like the vault tracks have a higher chance of being performed than like some of the OG Taylor's versions? That's a good question. She's never really had a chance to perform them. Yeah, it depends. I feel like nothing new will be one. Mm. Mr. Perfectly Fine is another good contender. This poor album that didn't get its day in the light. From Lover, we have Lover. Imagine a piano mashup. Like we had on the 1989 tour, it was Enchanted and Wildest Dreams. Yeah. And then for the rep tour, she had done Long Live uh, and New Year's Day. And there was one show where she combined Clean as well with that. Um, So I feel like that would be a good chance for like a a mashup. I wonder with like Sweet Nothing or something. Oh my, I would would be sobbing. I would evaporate. (laughs) like I don't know I don't I don't know if it would make me like fall more in love with my boyfriend or if it would make me like look at him and be like why don't you love me like this why are you as good as Joe Alwyn (laughs) I think that's a good assessment though that it's very possible that that could just turn into some sort of mashup okay dear John What it could have, should have, dear John. Could you beautiful, a mash- amazing. A mashup of it. those two. I, I don't. I keep reacting like this. Like three businesses. I yeah. literally again. <laughs> John Mayer would need to get a bunker again. He's done. <laughs> Listen, I. Mm, we all okay. If you have not listened to our <laughs> John Mayer episode, you really need to. Uh, I hate John Mayer. <laughs> For the record, like, <laughs> I have no nostalgia for John Mayer, and he's done some pretty fucked up shit, and Danny and I go into a lot of depth in that episode. Highly recommend. Very educational. We do, he's and it- For, like, it- Speak Now, Taylor's version, when he gets reamed out in the ball tracks. we released that episode before midnights came out and so i kind of want to go back in and be like so woulda coulda shoulda happened Mm -hmm. and any compliment that i might have given this man on this episode redacted (laughs) because i think i'm like yeah he has great songs or something on there redacted 
And the whole time I'm just like, I just fucking hate him. I hate him. <laughs> As for odds of her performing it, I, I feel like it I, would be an, a bonus example. I don't think it's likely. I think that her performance on the Speak Now tour with it was just so iconic that how do you how do you top that? Yeah. Oh, fireworks and everything. Yeah. yeah. That purple dress. Imagine she wears that on the Eras tour. I mean, she clearly has it still. She teased we it. We all saw that YouTube short. <laughs> okay, so next, I feel is probably a 100% chance, which is the all too well 10 minute version. Just between us did the love affair maim you too. Uh, oh, she yes, has to. Definitely. Required. There is no world where she doesn't perform that. That would be so satisfying to scream along to. Honestly. I love that thing so much. Gosh. Like, who, who needs therapy when you have all too well 10 minute version? Yeah. And you're surrounded by 60,000 people screaming it with you. Incredible. Needs to happen. Okay. Cornelia Street. It's the kind of heartbreak time could never mend. I never walk Cornelia Street again. I want the City of Lover acoustic version of Cornelia Street. I feel like Cornelia Street could be another surprise song. And then Lover, of course. I, I think that would be a really beautiful, like, if she did acoustic again. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, next is Karma. Karma's a relaxing thought. Aren't you for you? It's not sweet like- Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I don't. That song makes me feel like I'm floating. I I really really like that song. It stayed at like the top. It has stood the test of time since Midnight's came out. Is staying so in my. It's my favorite. It's your favorite. It's, yes, I think it's like my second favorite. That just because Midnight Rain is just such a vibe. Karma is perfect for windows rolled down, driving around. Next, it's still rolling. It's still rolling. The story of us. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it captures a lot of the Speak Now vibe, too. I feel like it's kind of unlikely. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so hard with this tour. She has so much material to choose from. I just like, how is she going to do this? I don't know. No idea. Without it being like a five-hour concert. I would still have to. I would. Exactly. <laughs> Ideal, honestly. <laughs> Two more. Okay. And one is Hits Different. I pictured you with other girls in love, then threw up on the street. Yes. I hope so. It'd be one of the surprise ones she adds, I think. I don't think yeah. it'd be on the full set list, but I think she'd have to play it at least. It'd be like a rotating like spot. Yeah. Like remember last tour, um, Taylor would decide if she wanted to do So It Goes or Dancing with Our Hands Tied before she did the surprise song. So maybe it could be something like that i think she really likes it because she said that it has one of her favorite bridges from the album and you know she's a bridge queen so she loves it and i love it i love that the more i listen to it the higher it gets up in my rankings i think the lyrics are so funny like they're so apropos to taylor swift and i love it (laughs) she's like i pictured you with other girls in love then threw up on the street this hits so close to home when she's describing i slur your name until they put me in a car they don't invite me out anymore like i don't get invitations anymore and i'm like (laughs) that is i need to see taylor swift like that okay 
I would go out with Taylor Swift if it ended like that. The last one, it is from debut and it should have said no. You should have said no. You should have gone home. You should have thought twice before you let it all go. I should have known that word. Oh, yes. Well, she, she did a mashup of that last tour. She just should have said no and uh, bad blood. Mm. Uh, so I feel like that could be another one. I don't know. That one that one's just like a banger. Like, I feel like it's so much fun. I know. I think we're going to see quite a bit of mashups because it's really the only way that we can fit in the maximum amount of content. I guess I'm going to add in one last one because I am almost confident that this is going to play and it's long live. Long live the walls we crash through. Yes, she needs to. If she does that though, it's going to scare me because like, I'm going to be like, she's retiring. That's it. It's done. (laughs) The era's tour and end it with long live. The biggest mm. argument that I have against that is that she talks all the time about how women are discarded in their 30s in this industry and about how she'll be damned if that's her. And so I I don't think that she has the ability to stop. At least that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, I think it's just her catching up with all the good recordings. Once all the Taylor's versions are out, then she can go back to her normal kind of tour album rollout. Right. <laughs> Autumn, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This was so educational and obviously we are tailoring so we just want to educate as many people as possible and you're doing such an outstanding job on your platform and using it in such a gracious way so thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your wealth of knowledge yeah thank you so much for having me it was so fun to talk to you guys yeah i'm glad we got to connect we love meeting of course like as many people as possible that love taylor as much as us it's you know fun teaching our close friends how to be crazy with us but sometimes it's it's just good to talk to people who know (laughs) (laughs) Um, as always follow us on instagram tiktok twitter it's at taylearning podcast on tiktok and instagram at taylearning on twitter um you can always email us taylearningpodcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys be sure to follow autumn over at ts tour tips if you have any specific questions for her that weren't answered in this episode i'm sure she'd be more than happy to get you guys caught up but otherwise for that i'm olivia and i'm danny and i'm autumn and we'll see you next week